0: Welcome back to She Can Talk. I am your host, Colleen, a.k.a. Gongly MC on Instagram. If you're looking for some music, some freestyles, or you just want to go ahead and book me for a show, or you can go over to Colleen Eat Wings also on Instagram if you want to see what we're eating, what we're cooking, and what we're sampling lately. You know we're about to come up on holiday time, so you know I will be sampling some recipes as I prepare my menu for Thanksgiving. Yay! Also, you can go over to DoughRecords.com, D-O-E-Records.com for everything i just mentioned plus more if you want to book me for shows if you want to have your music considered or submit music for consideration to the label dole records.com that's where you need to come in and hit us up at yay so just want to hit y'all real quick i know i know if y'all been like me the last week straight literally i've been watching the harder they fall so i want to shout out to jay-z I want to shout out to James Samuels and the whole entire black excellence cast that put on an amazing piece of content. Okay, so that's what I'm definitely going to start. You said just jumped right in it. But before we go there, I definitely want to give you some highlight reels about what I've been doing. Right. What I've been doing is this for starters. I have been renovating the second half of my kitchen. Yay! So I did the first half, the early part of this year. You guys know that. Um, we did appliances, countertops, all that good stuff. And I'm grateful. Not easy, but grateful. But this time we're doing the laundry half. So it's like my pantry area, a little bit down the ways is the laundry area. And it just doesn't aesthetically, cohesively go together. You know, so you stand on one end of the kitchen, you're like, oh, this is nice. Stand on the other end of the kitchen, you're like, "Um, uh, did I time travel? So, that's what I've been working on and it is a slow process I have never ever um owned a home before so painting and um really taking Home Depot by the realms is all new to me in the last couple of years here I tell you this all the time but I will say it is the most therapeutic thing because um I, I I feel like I'm Serena Williams right now the way my arms are so diesel from painting and plastering and doing whatever the hell else this that entails just um renovation project of mine and um it's been pretty fun and one thing that i would also say is it's a lot of my creativity to grow too because i've been um mixing up songs thinking of ideals just like i think like the ability to clear your head and to focus on making something look pretty allows you to further become creative and i think that's what it has allowed me to do so i'm very grateful for that everyone should try it definitely especially this time of year you know what are you doing to spruce up your spot? Right. Like, let me know. Hit me up and let me know. Are you doing any renovations? Are you painting? Are you just like effort? I'm going to wait till after the holidays. What are you guys doing to spruce up your space? Like for me, for example, um, every year around this time I get in sprucing mode, not as serious as I am now, but I would get into spruce up mode for the holidays. And then right before New Year's, I would go ahead and do a manic cleaning Top to bottom, like you know, the Armageddon's about to happen, the world's about to end on December 31st at midnight, and I just go crazy cleaning to the point that I'm extremely tired on the first day of the new year. So I said, I'm not doing that no more. I am taking this time to reclaim back my power, reclaim back my time, and I'm going to work on music, I'm going to work on things that are near and dear to me, and I'm going to make a conscious effort to block out things that I don't love. So, yeah. So that's what we're gonna be doing. So um, right now what I'm doing is knocking out the housework, knocking out the the things on my to do list, right? And then from there, we'll um get back on track because I'm um, next year. You know, I'm just like this. I'm gonna take the L as far as I put out obvious, and I'm very proud of what it has done. Wait, before I go back there, let me not even start out like that. Let me take that back. This is not an L okay so shout out to um, Anthony beats six shout out to colossal TV shout out to doe records shout out to myself gonglie a because obvious we are at 5,000 views legitimate views on YouTube we are streaming close to over a thousand streams on different various platforms each and um, I get Shazam quite a lot so if anyone out there can tell me how that Shazam works so because I get like um, artists stats weekly from all of the social media platforms that stream my work right so I basically control the pages I go into the dashboards and I can see my stats so I'm noticing like lately in the last maybe four to five weeks I've been getting a lot of songs shazammed and meaning like I, I remember when everybody was shazamming at one point I don't even know if shazamming is still a thing but I'm noticing like Birmingham, UK, Manpudo, Manpudo, I don't even know where that's at. So if you can send me a shout out for Puto or shout out to Puto because you guys are showing me love out there. I'm Chile. Um, Jamaica definitely, Jamaica and New York, a lot of Shazamming right now. So, um, help me out, guys. Where are y'all hearing the song at? Because that's what Colossal and I were saying. We were like, it has to be playing somewhere for them to Shazam it, right? So, it has to be like. i i I submitted stuff for licensing i hope it's not licensed music because if someone owes me a check okay i have not signed any paperwork for any licensing so i don't know but um is it on the radio is it on streaming platforms and it's just like hey i like this song let me shazam it but if you guys are out there and you are shazamming my music (laughs) shout out to you all first and foremost i appreciate it but also secondly where are you guys listening to it at where are you hearing it at Cause I'm, I'm seeing the cities, but I'm trying to figure out what platforms, like, is it radio? Is it TV? Is it the internet? Like, where are you Shazamming from? So I can get a little bit more info there. Plus Shazam is kind of helping me figure out which demographic areas will be awesome for us to hit when we, um, hit the road 2022. So like I said, guys, you out there, hit me up, be vocal, be active. And I know that I'd be saying, Oh, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. But honey child. I be doing a lot of shit, you know what I'm saying? And people don't even respect that. As a woman, it's easier. Like, for example, a man can literally legit have four kids, you know, don't do shit, and rap all day, and everyone would root for him. If you're a woman, you could have no kids, rap, work a fucking job, and they're still asking you why you ain't clean the dishes and cook fucking dinner. (laughs) I can't take it so that's what i'm saying like the lines are so differently is extremely different for men and women when you're trying to pursue your career but like i said i'm taking my fucking power back you know what i'm saying and i am getting ready for 2022 and want to know so you guys hit me up where do you want me to come for 2022 because we're about to be back outside we're about to be back outside official official i've been taking my baby steps here and there did a couple of road trips recently here and there. But, um, yeah, we coming back outside. Coming back outside full force, performing. So if you want to hit me up for performance, um, want to book me for shows, go over to Doe Records, D-O-E, um, records.com or just hit me up at Doe Records Promo at gmail.com because we we about to we about to do we about to get it back in and I don't know I might do something for you guys but I'm tired of just telling y'all shit and then y'all be like okay week three week four where the fuck is Ganga so we're not gonna do that either just know that I'm moving with intention and purpose and you guys will be seeing that shortly here right so the reason why I wanted to speak with you all today is I recently seen The Heart of They Fall. Who am I lying? I probably know every line to that damn movie by now because it's like um, Wakanda. It's like paid in full for me. Like certain movies, once it does it for me, I'm going to learn the movie line by line. You cannot tell me what happened in that movie because I could tell you what happened in the movie if I love it, right? So shout out to James Samuels because I definitely love this movie, right? And then... Another reason why I love the movie, you come on now, you guys already know. Jonathan Majors. Shout out to Jonathan Majors out there for doing your thing, man. Like every role that he takes, he embodies the role. He embraces it. I remember in um when Lovecraft actually was airing last year and it was at the height of Lovecraft. I said, I gotta find dude, follow him on Instagram. I'm just a fan, right? So I found him on Instagram and he's there. I guess he was filming for The Harder They Fall. And um, he's just like embodying the, the role. He's like on a very country western type of setting or home, wherever he was staying at while he was shooting. He's on the porch playing the guitar with a straw, you know, a piece of wheat straw out his mouth and some cowboy boots on. And he just, you could see he was becoming Nat Love like a year ago, you know. And I was like, man, whatever that is, it's going to be great just because I see the way he's just embodying the role and becoming one with the role. It was a point in time when he, I guess he had to go through quarantine. So they, they had to shut down filming. He stayed on location where they were filming at. And just basically, I don't know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not there with the man, so I don't know his logistics. So, but he basically rented a space, maybe an Airbnb, I don't know. And stayed on location to absorb the environment, to ride the horses, to become one with the nature, like a cowboy to really embody that role. Can't, you can't be that. So Jonathan Majors does the damn thing. You hear me? Does the damn thing. And shout out to him for that. Um, Another thing I liked about the movie, um, Idris Elba, Regina King, uh, Lakeith Stanfield. It was a girl, Danielle Deadweiler, I think her name is. I hope I'm not jacking up her name, but a.k.a. Cuffy, um, Zacey Bates, um, or Zacey Bates. Um, uh, just a whole rounded out cast was amazing. You know, It was great to see people of color in a role other than slavery, you know? And so I'm a part of this group. Um, it's called, I always told you guys about this group on Facebook. Some days I'd be like, I'm going to leave this group once and for all. And other days I'm like, you know, the debate is healthy. I'm going to stay and engage. So this week I took a chance randomly after months of not being active in the group and I posted about How Did They Fall? And I said, This is a movie. You all need to see like you're going to get your Lovecraft feels from some of the scenes. You're going to get your tick feels a whole movie. I was calling Jonathan Majors tick, even though he was not love. But to me, he's always going to be tick. So I'm like, you can get your tick feel. And it's an overall good movie displaying black excellence. Please watch it. A lot of people chimed in. Oh, my God, you're so right. Blah, blah, blah. Then, you know, the movie came out last week, Tuesday. So it's legit about a week now. The movie's been on Netflix. And it's number one, by the way. So shout out to Jay-Z, James Samuels, and the whole cast of The Heart of They Fall. Oh, special shout out to Coffee and Barrington Levy. Because the soundtrack is a whole nother, that needs a whole nother podcast episode. But I'm going to try and get it in here for you today. But real quick. So um, I wanted to, you know, like I told you, I'm in this group a week Ago the movie came out this week like a couple of days ago um a young lady posted in the group and it's freedom of speech right so just be prepared that some people may bash you because at the same time of it being freedom of speech it is freedom of speech so sometimes if people 90% of the time if people don't agree with you they're going to let you know and they're going to give you a little taste of whatever sarcasm for wherever part of the woods they're from right so there's one young lady posted up there that she was extremely disappointed with the holiday fall because yes, although he used real characters, real people's names, the story was fictional and these people didn't know each other. And like, why did you put a light skinned girl as a black girl, you know, as a dark skinned woman, cause stagecoach Mary was dark skinned, but you got this light skinned girl playing her and blah, 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 blah. Right. And I was like, Oh my God. I'm like, are you serious? I know for me, for example, I've heard of Nat Turner maybe not Nat Love. I've heard of, I thought Rufus Black, but maybe not Rufus Buck. You know what I'm saying? I definitely heard of Stagecoach Mary, but I don't remember recall personally hearing of Treacherous Trudy, right? But these are all people that existed. Cherokee Bill. These are all people that existed, right? And notice how I was able to run off names that if you would have asked me a week or two prior to this, like name five black cowboys, including women. I would have felt that test, you know what I'm saying? So for me, I was pleasantly surprised to, A, know the characters were actually real characters, and then, B, that he made them, he painted them in a positive light. Now, granted, it was two gangs going against each other, and what I liked about it is you were able to see within, you know, the uh, the inner workings of each gang, like, basically, why they do what they do. Like, we know that Nat Love, a.k.a. Tick, had a revenge, you know, his parents, You know, death. He was revenging them. So that's what drove his motivation to kill bank robbers and to kill criminals and to chase down the main cat. You know, the other main character, Rufus Buck, played by Idris Alba. So and then on Idris Alba's side, you know, you see the lack of family, the lack of having that love that, you know, Nat love had with his family is what drove him to be the criminal He was, you know, and I thought that was so deep because for me personally, I can see both sides of those coins. I've been on both sides of those coins. You know, you have a parent that may be not so active in your life and then you see them like, hold on, dude, you got a whole new family and you just forgot about us, you know. And then on the flip side, you can be, you know, with your family and everything's involved and you just still don't have that, you know, that love and attention from them. So, you know, I get the the reasoning behind the inner workings of the rival gangs and it had nothing to do with slavery. It had nothing to do with racism. It had nothing to do with black or white. And I was so happy about that because let me tell you, some days I question myself. Some days I think I'm racist and other days I have to come back from the ledge like, no, you're not racist. It's just the world you live in. It makes you think harsh at times, you know? But um, it's just good to see a, a movie where black people are not oppressed And even though it was a cowboy movie, which there was still guns, violence, it was still, you know, fighting and rivalry, it still showed them commanding their own freedom, commanding their own destiny. And that's something you rarely see with black movies, because, for example, you know, um, you're going to need a white savior. We already know that in every movie to make it be legit. So, you know, young black guy, he's in school and he wants to be a basketball player. Oh, he needs the white teacher to adopt him, to take him in and show him the ropes because he wouldn't be able to have a good upbringing if this white lady didn't adopt him. You know, how many movies we seen like that? You know, and it's just like always Hollywood inserting the white savior into things because they know that they're really the devil (laughs) and um it's really the opposite they've done a lot to ruin the black and brown community so hey we don't want you guys to look at us in a negative light so we're gonna darren brown you and i that's my saying I, i know you were like what the hell was that but um just google darren brown on youtube And you'll understand what I mean about that. But I always say, like Darren Brown. I don't really know if he's part alien, devil, angel, voodoo, or what, or if he's just a magic magician. I don't know. But he legit can convince people to do things. I'll just leave leave it like that, right? So whenever I'm saying, like you know, instead of me saying, "Hey, I'm trying to convince you to do something," I'll be like, "Hey, they Darren Browned you," or "Hey, I got Darren Browned into because I just feel like this is the guy that I've seen." take people who was free thinking, not under any type of, um, duress or influence of any type of narcotic. And he took them and made them do everything from damn near commit murder to Rob Banks. And I'm not bullshitting you. He's from England, from the UK craziness, but look up Darren Brown. But anyway, um, so, you know, I feel like Hollywood does a great job of Darren Browning um, black people, you know, like throw a white savior in there, like, oh, man, he's a good kid. But when that white police officer came and took him and rescued him and put him on the basketball team, it was amazing. You know, like, so we didn't really see that in this movie. And so that kind of made my day, you know, I'm so tired of the white savior. And then on top of that, I'm happy to see that there was no derogatory language used towards each other. Every time it's a black movie, the word "nigger" is prominently, strategically placed everywhere through the movie. Nigger, what you doing? Nigger, where you at? Nigger, stop playing. Nigger, here we go. Nigger, what we doing? You yeah, don't know. You know what I'm saying? Just everywhere, be niggers, and it's like that's not the epitome of um black families and black people. You can't say "nigger" at my parents' house, you know, and um certain families and friends that grew up in certain religions and culture you can't come in here talking like that even if it's slang in the streets you know so it's good to see that representation that there he was like no one in the cast talked to each other derogatory no one said nigger no one said you know nothing you know you might have heard a, a wolf lady or i don't think you really heard bitch to be honest honestly not i'm thinking about it i gotta you know and I had no problem doing it. I'll watch it again. But I really don't think they even said bitch like that. Even with the two women fighting and everything. Which, that fight scene between Regina King and Zazie Bates, amazing. But, um, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I could be wrong. So, I digress if I am. You guys can hit me up and let me know if they do actually say bitch. But I know for a fact they don't say nigga. And... um. I really don't think they say bitch, so yeah, good good call, good job, you know what I'm saying, like showing the strength, taking back our strength, people be saying like, oh, saying nigga and claiming that is taking back our strength, no, to me, I feel like in some essence we are accepting it, you know, so to see like, hey, zero tolerance for it, we're not going to do it, and we're going to represent ourselves, like we're going to create towns, because you got to remember now, look it up, look up Lake Lanier. And um, it's a young lady who has a show on Peacock recently who talked and ran a whole list of different black cities that were occupied by black Americans and Native Americans cohabitating together in so many towns throughout the United States that were thriving, that had buildings and businesses and e-commerce, well, maybe not e-commerce, but commerce and, you know, their schools and their hospitals and infrastructures. And they either burnt them down or flooded them out, right? That's why certain lakes you go to, it's whole towns underneath these lakes. If you're swimming somewhere, you look down, you see a fucking baseball stadium or a school, nine times out of ten, just know you're swimming over black people's property, okay? So um, that was another thing to see, like, wow, you know, because those towns right now are underwater, we don't have anything that we can go and look at. Like, how you see how you can go and tour plantations? Yeah, I know people who legit take plantation tours. Like, I know there was one in Williamsburg. And I used to be like, who in their right mind? Because people got to be slaves, right? Like, they're doing reenactments there. Like, reenact the wars and reenact the slavery. Who the fuck is playing the slaves at the Williamsburg plantation and all the places where they be having them weird-ass tours, right? But my thing is this. If y'all can have a tour of the plantation showing the slavery, the slave house, and this is where the people live and try to change it. Like, oh, this is housekeeping. No, bitch, that's the slave quarters. But let me digress. I don't want to get too hype. But um, why we don't have towns like that or tours like that of black towns that were successful and thriving in the United States of America pre-Civil War? You want to know why? They burned them down. And didn't, it wasn't all just like pre-Civil War when they burned them ta- down. It's been as recent as... <laughs> The 50s and the 40s, they burnt, they flooded them joints out and the government flew in and flooded them joints out. Right. So to see like, wow, you know, um, the heart of the fall put together a town like Idris Albert created for black people to come and to be free. And he was like, and I'm gonna protect y'all. And, you know, it seems like extortion. And I don't want to, like, give away the movie if y'all ain't see it. But it seems like extortion. But um, what does the government do now? Hey, pay your taxes and we'll make you safe, right? Same thing. So it just seems like it, you just seen the what it could have been, right, with that movie. And I like that. I feel like that movie showed us what it could have been. And I feel like Wakanda, Black Panda showed us what it can be potentially in the future, you know. And I love black people. I love my black people from all over. You know, sometimes we're harsh on ourselves and we're harsh to each other. And, um, I see that, I see that a lot whenever something successful from black people pop up, like I can't even think of a successfully good, great, you know, regular movie. Cause to me, I feel like 90% of the movies are white movies. So you don't really have to say, Oh, this is a white movie. That was great because 90% of it, it's going to be just that, you know, that clientele, that makeup. But, um, I'm sitting here trying to think because I've been really into a lot of content of color lately. Yeah. So, um, I'm drawing a blank. Okay. So only thing I could think of is you. That's probably the only thing I've watched recently that was not of color. And he had a little black Chinese girl in it that he liked. So, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, all that to say is when I was, you know, looking at like Wakanda and, and looking at, um, you know, um, the harder they fall it just made me feel like yo a lot a lot of our legacies are missing and a lot of our potential is untapped because we don't know where to start it's also almost like youtube you ever say you know what i want to re, like i told you guys i'm redecorating my laundry area so i'm like oh you know what i want to redecorate my laundry area but then i look up and i'm like you know what i don't freaking know where to start this is a certain space i'm given what can i do with it oh let me go to YouTube and just get a couple of ideas and play around with some things and then I can come together with something. You know, we as black people don't really have a lot of that or did not really have a lot of that structure or that reference guide, you know, to say, hey, this is what it is because shit was fucked up for us. You know, little blonde girls can wake up and. Just have the princess life happily ever after Because that's what they were trained to do You know, they were raised like that My mom raised me to survive And honestly, she threw me to the wolves So I had to survive, you know what I'm saying? Whereas others is like, oh no darling I'm gonna keep you right here You're gonna go to school Like you don't say, you just see the BS But um, I'm, you know, I'm ranting and raving So I retract that a little bit there I'm just trying to say that, you know it's good to see that our children are now having references and shows that they can look up to and be like, you know what? I want to be a doctor like Rainbow Johnson. You know what? I want to be able to um shoot the gun and bust off like Treacherous Trudy. I want to be scientifically genius like, um I can't even think of her name, but old girl from Wakanda that was making the suits for Black Panther, his little sister. You know, it's references out there now. For our children and just our people at large They're Like you know I have someone that I can kind of reference now I have someone that I can kind of Look up to and, and take it from there So to me I find it so hard And disturbing when um, people Our people In particular black people Tend to put so much extra pressure On the next one You know what I'm saying You don't do that when it comes to other movies it's like, oh, this is hilarious. This is funny. But I noticed that if it's like black or brown movies, gets the fucking hell of an inquisition. You know, you know, like for example, In the Heights, don't get me wrong. In the Heights, it represents El Barrio. It represents the um, Dominican culture. But I can say 90% of the Dominicans from Washington Heights, when I grew up anyway, looked like me versus the cast on in the heights the movie I get it though that I take anything away less from it because of that no I already know you already know they always want everything to look pretty and you know dark skin dreads coarse hair tends not to be high on the list at times and then when you have your own internal race that's saying hey I'm, I think a white woman's prettier you have to get blonde hair blue eyes to look like Becky with the good hair, it makes it harder for us, you know, to even accept ourselves in this society, but, um, we, I'm all about taking our power back and reclaiming power, and I think that we're doing that with the content that we're putting out with these movies, but, um, yeah, this girl, she went off on the discussion page about how, you know, it, it was dark-skinned women that was in real life, but they held all these light-skinned women in there, and, you know, it was, um, offensive because he said that the dark skin woman didn't have swag and I'm like first of all let's face it I'm gonna be real with you and I know I'm damn near you know v- close with family of the dude that did Birth of a Nation you know what I'm saying very very smart intelligent dude had a good idea he read he wanted to do a movie about where he was from in the history of Virginia you know and it was nothing funny about that movie I don't remember if there was a comic relief piece or a piece to make it just like lighten up the mood in that movie very serious very traumatic even to this day like if you're not really built for that type of stuff it's hard to watch it's a hard watch but i'm gonna tell you this it didn't do good at the box office and it didn't do good amongst the black and brown community because the saying the narrative at the time was we are tired of seeing slave movies okay if it's not Django whipping ass we don't want to see it Right, myself included so um that being said I don't think it did as well as it could have potentially done because even though he was talking about taking back You know what was theirs as slaves and taking back their freedom, he got killed in the end. He got, you know, and then the slavery continued for another hundred years in Virginia, you know. So, telling that true story did not let people walk away from the theater feeling empowered because y'all caught him and killed him, which was what really happened. Now, imagine if it was a Django ending, or you know, Django, for example, you know. And sad to say, that's Quentin Tarantino. That's not a black man that made that movie. But nonetheless, Django came, came in. It shows a free black man doing things like a slave owner, getting away with things that a slave owner would do during slavery times. And it gave the characters in the movie as well as the viewing audience hope like, yo, I can reclaim my power. I'm more like Django versus Nat Turner. And I'm not saying it's like one character is real, one character is not. I get it. But what I'm saying is people will gravitate towards the hero versus the martyr. Okay. So if we did a real true story about the real, you know, Rufus... Buck or the real Nat Love, those stories would be more like the Birth of a Nation movie. Ending somberly with um the real the harsh realities of the murder, the death, the slavery, the imprisonment that happened to those people in real life. But I think like what they did with the Heart of Day Fall, they had the ability to change the narrative and also to paint our heroes, regardless of what demise or fate they met, to Paint them in a positive light and paint them as the heroes they are, you know. So to me, I feel like if the initiative was to say, hey, look, go research the cowboys names that you hear to see if they're real or not. Then to me, James Samuels did his job because he was able to put names out there, even down to when I was like, well, what's Cuffy name? Because I want to look her up by the halfway through the movie. I'm looking up everybody. And she was like Cathay Williams. And I was like, oh, and if I thought it was a woman named Cathay Williams, who actually joined the military as a man and switched her name around to William Cathay and fought in war as a man. So she basically was like one of the first black transgendered people fighting alongside heterosexual people and men on top of that in a war. You know, think about that. I just know that because of Cuffy. From The Heart of They Fall I loved her character I loved Jim Beckworth Cause you know Lightning with the blam blams I think he's probably One of my favorites I'm so mad The way his character ended But um Was able to look him up And see like Yo dude was really One of the fastest Quick draw McGraws In the In the west Or whatever A lot of them Were based out of Virginia too You know So imagine if Um Instead of a story About Nat Turner Where it was like Real and true But they did a story About these cowboys In Virginia false or not fiction or not but imagine what that would have done right so that's what i'm saying like i feel like we need to as as people yes because i know sometimes i get into a tangent and i'm not racist by any by any means i don't want anyone to think that but i know sometimes i get into a tangent where i'm like oh black people that struggle to hurt you the real it's it's just retired just like there's some you know people of non-black you know culture that's tired of hearing that their races are responsible for it For the demise and the the way we are today But it's fucking true It is true guys You know just look in the mirror Look, Put that mirror to your faces It's your races But um At the same time you know I think as we as black people we should stop trying to dwell in that like okay we know it really happened we are still suffering the effects from slavery we are still suffering the effects from all of the stuff that the forefathers which were not our forefathers put into place for a country that was not theirs so why do we not reclaim our power by showing love to movies like Wakanda and Heart of They Fall and supporting them and spreading that word on them and stop picking them apart I feel like you that show the series you which I watched recently so I will use it as a reference was one of the weirdest freaking shows it's about a guy that's stalking women and then when he finally feels obsessed to you to the point he's going to kidnap you and keep you in his freaking basement if he don't kill you in the process right weird is a lot of investigative discovery shows about white people doing that shit in real life but you yeah, i'm going to do a show about it and glamorize it but no one judges that everyone like, oh my god you is so good do y'all not really think about what this is and what they are doing, you know, but our imitates life, right? You know, they'll, they'll say, Oh, but it's not real. It's not a true story. So why are you so pennies in a bunch go and investigate discoveries, literally guys that build fucking cages like that and have women in it on, you know, so many episodes after episodes of kidnapping and missing people, but you is fine. But to do The Heart of They Fall and to happen to use real characters' names in a fictional story, oh, my God, beyond me, it's a crime. Like, black people, get a grip, you know what I'm saying? Because it's never going to be – we're never, ever going to be able to mobilize and move forward if we keep the divide in each other, keeping the divide, you know? And stop looking for a fucking white savior, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm so tired of that, too. It's like, oh, i got the white stamp of approval, and I get it. I know, you know. I don't got no stamp of approval, so there you go. <laughs> that's why I just do whatever, and I pray by the God's grace that um Swiss Beats or Timberland or you know Charlemagne the God hears my podcast and pull me on in, send my credentials on over, and maybe she can talk and be picked up on a syndicated platform and a larger scale. So that's what I'm putting out there and claiming it for the 2022. But um, yeah, you know. It's definitely, you're going to need some type of um, door to open up for you. I get it, right? But what are you doing to get to the door, to be prepared when the door opens, you know? Instead of just ripping apart everything. And that's what I don't like. It's like, well, what's your solution? Because I haven't seen, like the girl, I'm talking about the girl in the Facebook joint. I haven't seen any movie scripts from you. I haven't seen any creative concepts or ideals come from you. However, you can pick apart a movie that allowed people to become familiar with these legends that they may have never even heard about otherwise because who's really doing a movie about them you waiting for your white savior to do it to do an accurate depiction of them okay we'll wait so that's my thing there I'm like yo give it a rest it was great it was an awesome movie you loved it you know what I'm saying? And if you didn't like it, at least give it, you know what I'm saying, like let's just immobilize and still support it and keep it at number one for another week on Netflix because it's 100% black cast, 100% black, you know what I'm saying, um, film, I'm not going to say the whole film crew, but like the director, the writer, the investment, the executive producers, is black men that are doing their thing. You know what I'm saying? Like come on, come on. And then for me now, I just got to say like growing up Jamaican, you know, this movie to me touched me also on a deeper level because my grandfather loved country western music. Um, not like you go in the house every day, but he'll like he'll have his days where he's like in the yard cutting grass and he's listening to some weird shit and he's like, Granddad, can we put it on Kiss F M? You know. But that's him. He's you know, he had his time, his his bear. And he's playing some country western music. He'll play a little bit of Frank Sinatra, a little bit of everything. He loved Country Western movies, them shoot 'em up movies. Um, you know, just all that type of stuff, right? That was right up his alley. So to see a country western movie with a heavily reggae soundtrack, hip hop and reggae soundtrack, but more reggae. And then Barrington Levy, oh man, you know, I just did a whole episode about Barrington Levy not that long ago. And um, to follow back up with that, that side, that title track from Coffee, I love Coffee. You know what I'm saying? She's like one of the dopest, you know, new female reggae artists out there killing the game. And I like the fact that she had the soundtrack up there, which is what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave y'all today with The Heart of They Fall by Coffee. Man. I love that song. That's my favorite song right now. If you go, if I hop in a car, that song instantly comes on. Like my phone and my car sync is in sync. They already know what to do. Play it. Let's roll out. So I think I'm gonna leave this episode with that. But before I go, I do want to say like, come on guys. I think that we should support more like unconditional support. You know what I'm saying? Like how they do. Like say for example, the brotherly love, the um, fraternal order love. Let's support each other like that unconditionally. You know how some people can look away at someone's misdeeds because they're part of their fraternity or their group. You know, it's just like rappers, like, you know, you know, your homeboys lyrics is whack, but he's part of the group and you don't like the other group. So you're going to make sure you big up your homeboy and that other group gets buried under 80,000 demos and never see the light of day because they're not as hot as the group that you're cool with. It may not even be dope. You're just cool with them. That is society. But I think that we need to change that. We need to do a little bit more blind support. Like, oh, that's why I love Issa Rae. Issa Rae, they said that one year, I think it was like the Emmys. And they said, who are you rooting for? And she was like, everyone's black. Everyone who's black. And they were like offended by that. But, you know. Y'all don't, y'all don't say it as blatantly. Y'all just do it blatantly. We're rooting for everyone, white, right? And we're going to win, and there's nothing you can do about it. We'll let you pretend that you're getting a part or you have a seat at the table. But for the most part, we're going to do this our way. So I like people that are unap- 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 unapologetic in their black love and their black representation, like Issa Rae, because we need more of that, you know? We need to support each other. Like, oh, it's a black film? supporting it. Like right now, everything I'm watching is, you know, of people of color watching BMF just finished Wu-Tang does you know harder they fall and if it's like nothing to support of people of color then I'm not watching nothing right now I'm working on being creative and, and getting my stuff together so I can you know present content to you all so that's where I'm at with it right now other than that I'm just blessed and I'm so happy to see you know that doors are opening up and that a black movie like the harder they fall with a heavily Jamaican or Caribbean influenced soundtrack shot to number one on Netflix. I definitely know the whole combination of the, it's like a chemistry project. It was like Jay Z as the executive producer, James Samuels, who, if you don't know who James Samuels is, he's the lead singer from the bullets. I love the bullets, but, um, he also does like a lot of creative content on the internet is one thing a couple of years ago, which was probably one of the first things I've, um, for one of his first works I've come across I thought it was like just a weirdo homeless man in the streets of England pushing a cart, and he ran into Rosario Dawson he's like it's Rosario Dawson it's Rosario Dawson and she's like oh my god yeah it's me and he's like wait wait let me sing a song and he pulls out you know out of his shopping cart a big speaker he does a whole music video so to me I feel like that was very catchy and creative and he just was that type of person that he can capture you know, things behind the lens really well. So shout out to James Samuel. Shout out to the Bullets because they're, you know, he also is on the soundtrack for the movie he created. How dope is that? You know, shout out to Barrington Levy. Shout out to Jay-Z Cuff, um, Coffee. Coffee. Shout out to Cuffy too, because old girl was killing it in the movie. Just a great, great piece, you know, great piece. If you haven't seen it yet, please go see it and you know my motto if you don't like it tell a friend if you do like it tell a friend but either way it ain't gonna hurt it ain't gonna hurt jay-z and them because they're number one anyway Hey, but with that being said um i'm gonna head on out here for y'all i'm not gonna hold y'all long i am gonna leave y'all with the heart of day four by coffee and before that i want to say shout out thank you all that got my video obvious to 5,000 views i appreciate it hey thank you thank you thank you all that is out there shazamming and, and is bringing y'all out, out to the music and the content. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, if y'all could let me know where y'all at. Because what I want to do is come out there and perform for y'all. Instead of me just putting on random shows, I'm trying to be more intentional with what I do next year. So hit me up. Until then now, y'all stay blessed. Y'all stay safe. I'm not going to be this long. I promise I won't be this long. It won't be that long till you see me out here for me again. All right? But you know my motto, love on you. Because you can't love me if you don't love you. You know what I'm saying? Spread love. Is that Brooklyn way. And if you don't like what I do, tell a friend. But if you do like what I do, tell a friend too. Either way, it ain't going to hurt. All right, y'all. Y'all stay safe. Y'all stay blessed. Until next time. Peace.